One of our favorite partners, Lily of the Desert, is celebrating their 50th anniversary this year and are having a huge anniversary sale on all of their products this month, June 2021. They have been making quality, award-winning aloe vera and nutritional products since 1971. Drinking aloe vera every day is a great way to help digestion and balance your stomach acidity naturally. You can boost your immune system, reduce toxins, improve nutrient absorption, and antioxidant support all by drinking aloe every day. Add it to your favorite smoothie or mix it with another juice if you'd like. The aloe will help boost the nutrient absorption of those good-for-you ingredients. We love that they grow the aloe themselves organically and from field to bottle oversee all processing and manufacturing to help maintain quality and lower costs to you. They offer a full range of products including USDA organic aloe juices and gels, herbal formulas, topicals for skin care and hand sanitizer that will both protect and moisturize your hands. Their nutritional multivitamin mix, EcoDrink Naturals, is a great way to stay hydrated while taking your daily vitamins. Check them out at your local health food store and stop by their website, lilyofthedesert.com, to wish them a happy 50th. Hi, I'm Andrea Donsky, founder of NaturallySavvy.com and co-host of our Naturally Savvy podcast. And I am Lisa Davis, MPH health educator, co-host of Naturally Savvy and author of the book, Cleaning Eating Dirty Sex Memoir Cookbook Healthy Lifestyle Guide. At Naturally Savvy, we are here to help you make healthier lifestyle choices. So we are so honored that you are tuning in to listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. And we are here to engage you, have fun, and help you live your healthiest lifestyle. Now, on to the show. Naturally Savvy Podcast is sponsored by Morphus for Menopause. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. I just read a fantastic book that is so needed because my daughter is an empath. The book is called Becoming an Empowered Empath, How to Clear Energy, Set Boundaries, and Embody Your Intuition. It is by Wendy DeRosa, who joins us now. Hi, Wendy. Hi, nice to be here, Lisa. Thank you. It's so nice to have you on. You know, we've talked about empaths before on Naturally Savvy, but for people who are new or aren't familiar, what is an empath? Yeah, an empath is someone who feels the energy of other people or feels the energy of a space, an environment, and they might feel it physically. They might feel it energetically in their system. Yeah, in the book you write, quote, while it's natural to feel the energy around you and to connect with other people's emotions, problems arise when you absorb these energies or take on these emotions as your own. Problems arise from being overly empathetic. It's so interesting because, of course, we're, we want to be empathetic, but sometimes when you're overly empathetic, it can cause issues. You know, I see this with my daughter a lot. And so when I got this book, Wendy, I was so excited. Uh, we're going to, I read it myself first and then we're going to read it together. What are some of the physical and emotional symptoms of taking on people's energy? Yeah, the physical symptoms, some people will feel um, stomach aches, they'll feel confusion, they'll feel headaches, they might feel overwhelmed, they might feel just an overwhel- overwhelming sense of fatigue and shut down, they, you know, lots of digestive issues, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of different <laughs> symptoms, some people will feel heat, hot flashes or chills or sensations in their body in different places. Oh, that's so interesting. You also write, quote, to stop taking on other people's energy requires not just an understanding of your physical body and symptoms, but also an understanding of your energetic body. So what is your energetic body? 
Yeah, so underlying our physical anatomy and underlying our nervous system, we have an energetic anatomy. It's not something we learn about in school, but it is something that exists inside the, the, the whole entire, the wholeness of us. And deep within the center of our our, um, our body, we have our central channel, we have chakras, we have meridians that move through our system, we have a grounding cord, we have an auric field. These are all aspects of our, of our body which very much relate to the empathic experience. Yeah, and I'm excited to go into those. Um, but before we do, I, I was really moved by the chapter where you shared your own experience. You talked about how you didn't realize when you were a child that you were an empath or, or it had these intuitive gifts, and it kind of played out in a different way or just, I can't rephrase that. It didn't play out a different way, but tell us how it played out with you not knowing. Yeah, so <clears throat> I, um, I didn't know, right, that I was an empath. I thought I was... Uh, weird. I thought there was something wrong with me. As a child, I felt everything. I also, what I talk about in the book is I had all four clairs, the seeing, hearing, feeling, and knowing, and I didn't know that. And to a, someone who doesn't know that, particularly a child, it really is an overwhelming, um, oversensitizing experience. And so um, I was taking everything in everywhere, and, and then I gained weight. I developed anxiety. I developed some depression. I, um, I stress ensued all the way up, you know, that combined with sort of societal pressures of doing well in school and, you know, not really having a childhood because I was so hypervigilant and attuned to everything going on. And by the time I was 19, I had a nervous breakdown and that was from years of not having a self truly, you know, when we're talking about our, and I have a daughter also, and I, you know, part of that nurturing to our empathic nature is that we are, we are helping our children, including our own inner children, inner child in understanding uh, that what our experience is and what they are, you know, what they are feeling and, you know, what is theirs versus, you know, what's going, you know, what belongs to other people. You know, earlier you talked about chakras, and you talk about in order to be an empowered empath, you have to reclaim the power that exists inside your root chakra. So if you can talk about what that means, and then just go through some of the chakras. I know it, there was a lower level and an upper level, depending on type of empath, but if you can kind of break it down, like for people who are like, I've heard the word chakra, but I don't even know what, you know, what that is. Right. Okay. So chakras are, are, they are power centers that live inside our body. And in our book, in my book, I talk about the seven embodied chakras. Now we can go down a big, you know, discussion information here on how many, and because there's more, but for the sake of this work, I focus on the seven embodied chakras, which carry the power that exists inside our being. Plus we also carry our history, which includes our wounds. So for example, a power to the throat chakra is our ability to express and communicate and we might make life choices or even set up our careers according to having strong throat chakras. Um, in, in the case of the empath, the, the power centers that relate to the empathic experience are the lower body 
chakras, the first, second, and third. The first is located at the tailbone region, the second is in the pelvis, and the third is in the solar plexus region. And they relate so much to our human experience, whereas the upper chakras, yes, they relate to our human experience, but they also relate to how we're going to exist in the world. They're, they relate to our ideas, what we're manifesting, our divine connection, kind of more of our soul we connect to in the upper chakras and, and, and divine spirit, whereas the lower chakras are so much about how we are going to um, connect, relate, and, and be sourced horizontally through our attachments and through our connection to humanity. The root chakra is our power center for safety, survival, grounding, uh, trust, and being embodied in this human experience. But what ends up happening for an empath who's raised in an environment where safety was compromised, maybe, maybe the childhood was fine, but maybe they got the sense deep down that, you know, my innate authentic self isn't isn't okay in this system, in this family structure, or in the greater societal system. So I can't exactly be myself, or I feel like the odd, you know, the odd one in the family. Uh, and then that's one end of the spectrum. The other end is if we were raised in environments where emotions were projected, there was yelling and screaming, there was, you know, abuse, there was trauma going on, then what ends up happening in the, in the energetic body that creates the overly empathic experience is that the root chakra closes down to self-preserve and protect and as high-functioning beings that we are, our soul elevates out of the root chakra and primarily lives higher up in the body. And that ends up creating sort of an out-of-control experience in the lower chakras, second and then third, because those are the power centers that are about relating to humanity and to our relationships. And so we lose our power in those areas. We learn to, and this isn't conscious, we don't want this to happen, but the body's learning how to how to survive and so it does so by becoming powerless in these areas of the body and, and disconnecting from the power there and in that experience when we sort of vacate become weak insecure um vacant you know not in our power here we start to become overly absorbent energy just transfers right into the body and we lose ourselves and we become symptomatic and that is essentially the the sort of the basis of why an empath becomes overly empathic it, it has to do with the what we're holding in the first three chakras of the body yeah, it's so interesting. How do we reclaim that? Because you do say that you have to reclaim the power that exists inside your root chakra. Is that, I know you talk about grounding. What are, is that one of the ways? And yes, what is grounding for people you know, who aren't familiar? Absolutely. So grounding is interesting because we, grounding is about us connecting to the earth frequency and current. And technically we do that by walking on the earth, by being in nature, by unplugging from technology and getting into the getting into the biocurrents of of the of of the, the planet of the the mother I call the Earth Mother, and um and, and that grounding force we we inherently can say I 
or we can say to ourselves intentionally, I want to ground. I'm aware of grounding. I know I keep hearing it. I need to ground it. I try and I, I do all those things, but sometimes inherently we carry blocks in these power centers that prohibit a deeper sense of grounding. So sometimes grounding coincides with healing in the body. And that sort of takes us into this conversation of when I ground down into my body, wow, I actually get tired. I don't feel good. I start to get emotional. I cry. I feel pain. So sometimes grounding can be an uncomfortable experience because if you think about it from a, if I put it into an analogy of an elevator, we're pressing like the down button. Let's go down to the ground, the floor beneath the surface of the earth. And I'm going down. I have to pass through the energy that I'm holding in my second and third chakras. And that energy in that area how we empower ourselves is by stepping on the process on the path of healing what we've been inherently holding in the second chakra which primarily is shame and the third chakra which can be overwhelm or it can be ego blows or you know just an immense amount of congestion that we've taken into our bodies that have sort of shaped our identity but might not be our true self so emotional processing believe it or not i think at the second chakra is to me is is the empathic well it is the empathic power center it's also the path to empowerment for empaths is that we learn how to process our emotions and we might have to feel shame first because we've been shamed about our emotions and so as we start to realize like wow i actually have a lot of unprocessed anger about, you know, not being able to speak my truth way back when, or not being able to have my authentic self. And empaths have learned how to navigate silence and unspoken experiences that never got cleaned up for them. And so now we're like, I, I have to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to find clarity and truth in my own body, be, you know, amidst a conditioning that was chaotic and confusing and muddled and unclaimed and all these different things. So part of grounding means feeling our feelings and being true, true to how we feel and being, being um, authentic. Part of it is also the practice of self-care and I need to get out of my, you know, sort of immediate space and integrate into my life connection to my body into the natural world uh, i need to to process my feelings of unworthiness and my you know kind of really stepping into more of the power of these power centers which i do talk about in the book i go more into what those powers are so that's an overview of grounding <laughs> yeah no, i love that because it the way I'm hearing it is that you're an empath, and especially if you have trauma, which most people do in your childhood mm -hmm. in one way or another, then when you work and heal that trauma and get more centered in yourself, you're not going to absorb. You'll still be an empath, but it's not going to overwhelm you. Absolutely. Yes. 
Absolutely. And empathic boundaries, like we have this energetic field around the outside of our body. And one common tool that people use a lot is to put this light, this bubble of light around ourselves and go out there in the world. And, and that works temporarily. It works as a nice band-aid. It works in, in certain situations. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't work as powerfully as our inner radiance and presence does that comes from the central channel of our body. So as you're saying, as we heal, as we process our traumas, as we become more centered and radiant, our inner boundaries strengthen from our radiance. Talk to us about the central channel or that's also called the pillar of life. Pillar of light. Oh, yeah. Light. So it's also called the Shashumna Nadi, which is, again, the central channel. That's the, um, that's the Sanskrit term. And it's a pathway through, it lives in front of the spine. It's a meridian in the body. And it is the pathway. It's basically, if we think about it, is the main river channel in our body where we receive grace in through the crown and through the root chakra from our grounding cord, which sources that central channel and then sends life force through all the different meridians throughout our whole body and our, you know, our whole information center in our body. And those river channels flow and essentially at the, at the root, you know, the steep center of that central channel, nothing should quote unquote be in there, but our divine nature, our communion between our soul's light and divinity but we're human beings and lots of things get into the central channel. Lots of core wounds and hard wiring of our life experience get embedded in the central channel. And so those are our deepest, most um, sort of our blind spots. They're so innately they've become us. And so when we're on the healing path, you were just getting more core inside ourselves with what has been deeply embedded. And some of that is from childhood and some of that is intergenerational and what we come into this world with and ancestral and lifetimes that we carry deep within the central channel of our, our body. So, uh, you know, again, our healing path includes how, how deep are we going into what we store in our body historically as a soul and clearing that from the central channel allows more of our truth with the capital T, you know, our, our soul's radiance to emanate from that central channel. And do we clear that through also grounding, journaling, guided meditations and that you have in the book as well? Yeah, there's varying perspectives on this. One is that mantra clears the central channel, learning um, deep breathing practices, meditation, and going into mantra practices. Some also um, do so through guided journey and guided imagery and deep meditation. You can't get in there through the frontal lobe of the brain. I'll say it that way. We have to go into our back body. And I talk about the back body a lot in the book where the front body is how we exist in the world, but it engages our cerebral frontal cortex. Whereas the back body is so much about the inner journey and our soul receiving from the divine and connection to our higher self. And that journey inward takes us into where we might be storing in the sort of in the mansion of our body. We go into rooms we haven't been into that the frontal lobe won't really access 
you know, but the, the deep soul journey will. So yes, that deeper inner experience through meditation and inner journey, and then journaling can also happen as a process of that. In my book, I do take people through the inner journey in each chapter through the meditations. It's really nice. Now, when did you know that you wanted to write this book? Through people's experiences of wanting to understand what was going on for them. Um, I didn't identify as an empath till several years ago. I just identified as an intuitive, you know, someone who could, you know, have these senses and I was a healer and I could guide people. But when I started to recognize that an immense amount of trauma collectively was surfacing for everyone on the planet, you know, as we've been going through political times, as we've been going through climate change, pandemic, you know, um, civil rights issues as we're going through really what's activated on the planet so many people were having or are, are experiencing trauma their own personal traumas emerging and the collective trauma and out of that i wanted to be able to support people even people who may not identify as empaths but who are having empathic experiences understand what's going on in their energy body so that we can contribute as sensitive intuitive and empathic people to the planet instead of becoming disempowered now what would you say is the main difference between an intuitive and an empath and Intu- empaths are intuitive you know and, and people are intuitive um so intuition is the uh, is the is our soul communicating through our consciousness. And we do that through the inner voice. We do it through feelings, body sensations, the inner knowing, seeing, hearing. The all, there's different ways that our body in, experiences intuition. Um, the empath feels energy around them, but the but what the empath also needs to know to support this overwhelm experience is that turn so i'm speaking to any anyone who is an empath resonates with what i'm saying turn to your intuition drop down into your lower body feel the inner knowing because an empath will say i don't know because i can't feel myself and so our work is to ground ourselves and connect to that inner knowing sense in the body one way to do that is to connect to your inner child inside and can how do you feel inner child what do you think what if i don't know what do you know and that we tune into our body consciousness that way so for empaths the into turning to your intuition will help you make decisions choices and particularly around boundaries and self-care that that are important to listen to because that will start to establish again stronger boundaries in the world energetically intuitives are pe- are people who are intuitive they feel hear see know um they get sensory experiences and they st- they see the subtle um and so an intuitive is more of like a bigger umbrella some intuitives might fall under the umbrella of under that umbrella they might identify as psychics they might identify as empaths they might identify as mediums they might identify as healers um you know there's sort of umbrellas that, that the the 
intuitive word intuitive is a bigger umbrella so there's yeah different modalities under that now did you say that you are a intuitive healer yes yeah so as an intuitive healer i um an intuitive will identify what they're seeing feeling knowing particularly around if i'm working with a client i might quote unquote diagnose what i'm seeing based on whatever the client presents that might be physical it might be life path questions whatever it is so i would use my my clair senses my seeing hearing feeling and knowing and tune in to see what might be going on but the healer takes it a step further the healer would never mention something or i use that word diagnose would never name something that they're seeing without without giving them a tool to work with it without going into the healing process so what i do through my own um my own you know gifts of of intuition is and healer gifts is guide the individual through clearing that energy in their body so we've identified the root of what's happening invite them to to make a connection to it and it's through breath and awareness and the intention to clear the energy that the energy moves in the body so that's the process for an intuitive energy healer oh that's so interesting so again your book becoming an empowered empath how to clear energy set boundaries and embody your intuition really again helps people who are empaths to clear right themselves or clear this i don't know what you would call it stuff clutter from other people right and from their own trauma and then that again allows them to be more intuitive as well because you were like i can't get my intuition because my lower chakras are clogged absolutely that's exactly it yep oh that's great what are some other ways to unclog your chakras yeah there's there's lots of tools i mean certainly breath and awareness um tuning in to those power centers movement can be very helpful moving the body especially when we i mean stretching or yoga where we're really lengthening and opening up the body can be a big ouch initially for people yeah, definitely. you know and and but sometimes that ouch under it is the the energy that needs that's got lodged in there so breath is very powerful for the lower body um i mean some people use things like crystals stones um mantra is very powerful affirmations are very powerful um yeah and i list some others in the book also yeah i I like this too you wrote i think it's so important to know that if you are living a pattern of taking the energy of others then you most likely have a gift underneath that needs to be seen needs to be validated needs to be reparented and it's probably been nudging you for a long time i like that because Mm -hmm. it's true like you're like there's something going on but i'm not quite sure and then it becomes clearer and clearer you go on to say the triggers that happen when you take on energy of others are also a gift because they are pointing you in the direction of going deeper within you Ooh, expand on that i love that yeah so we you know i I, there's sort of this stigma where i don't want to make anybody cry you know i don't want to upset anyone and we all do authentic things that trigger other people and vice versa we've been triggered and and we can say well i wish that didn't happen or wow that person has negative or dark energy or whatever it might be and sometimes we 
there is an invitation. These these triggers, which is another word for triggers, discomfort. These uncomfortable moments happen because we have something in our body that we need to see. Some old you know, imprint, some life experience, some old trauma, some old life experience that just didn't heal. And we need, we, oh, we moved on in life. We just didn't process it. And then here it is, this person says this, and it, it touched on a deeper place where I always feel abandoned or I always feel shame or whatever it might be. And that that's our invitation to go in and look at, you know, what's coming up for me as as that's the that's the the question that invites us into our bodies what what is what's coming up for me in this moment oh it's a lot of grief or it's a lot of shame i'm going to breathe through that and you know where did i first feel that what does it remind me of oh it reminds me of how my mother used to speak to me or my father used to speak to my sibling used to speak to me or how i felt when i was in this experience i'm going to start breathing through that pocket of time and life experience that got lodged somewhere in my rib cage or you know in my clavicle or down in my knee you know it's we start to to when we to get touch on some of these earlier memories, they are pockets of consciousness that we we have um, that need our attention and might need our breath and might need to know it's okay to let that energy go now. Wendy, you uh, are the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies. Can you tell us about that? Yes, yeah, so students over this, so I've been a healer for 26 years and, you know, over the past more than a decade, students have wanted to, people have wanted to understand more about what I do or learn it and they felt it for themselves and I started to run training programs or classes really in how to support students in developing their intuition and then out of that came um, a year-long training program called the Intuitive Healer Training Program and then out of that came the School of Intuitive Studies where I'm supporting students and developing their intuition, training healers, um, and yeah, creating a beautiful community of people learning how to be in their, uh, their intuitive gifts in, in the world. Um, so that the school comes out of that and I run programs and online courses and opportunities for healing. Well, give us an example of one of the courses. So one example is I teach the intuitive healer training program, and that's a year-long program. Um, people are drawn into it maybe because they want to be a healer, maybe not. Maybe they're drawn into the experience of being held and supported in a powerful container of transformation and of learning about their intuition. And we have assistants who are prior graduates of the program who are who have just are working with students individually each week throughout the program. There, um, I'm also running weekly classes. It's one of our most extensive programs in training where I'm doing weekly work with students for a year. Um, so that's probably our, our biggest program. And then I, you know, I teach for the Shift Network, and also we have some smaller programs um, at the School of Intuitive Studies that are like a, you know either a couple of weeks long or and I also have a membership group that um, happens once a month where students can uh, receive healing from me. Oh, wow. Now, what is a shift? You say shift network? 
The Shift Network, yeah, it's a it's an online platform for personal development and spiritual growth uh, courses, and they're they're also international. So I'm, I'm one of their faculty. Oh, that's members. exciting! So, Wendy, what do you hope people come away with after reading your book, Becoming an Empowered Empath? I hope people come away with the awareness that if you are someone who is experiencing uh, oversensitivity, feeling overempathic, sort of symptomatic because of the world is so intense, that there is there are tools and resources for you in strengthening your gift and your um, your energy body so that you can live more empowered and centered in who you are and that your life choices come out of that place instead of needing to be in survival and management of you know being overwhelmed all the time so i i do hope that the book really gives you that those resources and tools to be empowered in who you're here to be for parents listening if they're seeing this these traits in their children give us some guidance on that in terms of what not to say especially i think because a lot of times parents will think they're helping right but they're saying you're too sensitive don't say that (laughs) right like right away what are some things they shouldn't say what are some things they should say things we shouldn't say are just as you said you're too sensitive stop crying i'm gonna punish you if you get upset stop throwing those toys um you know messages that are telling a child that their emotions are wrong um and mostly that comes out of our uncomfortability of having to experience those emotions for children in particular especially their big emotions and their tantrums what we could be saying to children are especially this is small children are you know it's okay if you want to cry it's okay if you need to go out you know if you need to throw something let's go outside i want to you to t- you know i'm going to I'm not going to abandon you and your emotion. I'm going to let you go outside and you can throw this rock in, in at the garden or in the grass and you can, you can have your anger, you know, teaching them how to have their emotions, letting them also know that this is mommy's feelings. These are mommy's feelings or these are daddy's feelings. These are not yours to take care of. You don't have to take care of mommy. Your job is to be a child and your job is to, you know, is to feel you and, and decide what, you know, feel into what you need. And of course, age appropriate, you want to sort of spanning ages here. Um, and, and being able to, you know, we're not going to be perfect parents. We're all going to screw up. And yet the power of repair is incredible to be able to say to a child, I'm so sorry that you witnessed mommy have her anger and that was scary for you and I'm okay. And is there anything you want to say to mommy about that? You know, and let the child express and let the child know she, he, she is safe and you're safe and mommy and daddy are okay. And you know, that repair process. Those are some ideas. We could go another book on this. And there are other books out there on this, I'm sure. Yeah, well, it's very, very important. I've always told my daughter to have her feelings. One of the things that annoys me is I'll hear parents say, you get what you get and you don't get upset. I say, you get what you get, and it's okay to be upset, but you're still going to get what you get. Like, if they want this toy, but you're getting, you know, we already agreed on this, or we're going to do this plan. You, Yeah, have your feelings all you want. Doesn't mean you're going to get what you want, but 
I hate it's like what they yeah. can't even you can't even let your kid feel stuff. I know. I, mean, it's I remember crazy. being in a grocery store once, and I I said my daughter wants. She was like two or two and a half, three, and she wanted something. And I said in the grocery store in this like line, I said, "Sweetie, I'm so sorry you can't have this, but I'm gonna let you cry." And this woman looked at me like she gave me like a disgusted <laughs> look that I would say that to my child, and and you know she was an older woman, but I. I really, I was like, gosh, it's such a different age of parenting. We did get those messages inherently as adults. We got those messages that our emotions are not okay. And they, they come in and they, we were taught in all these different ways that aren't normalized. And yet here we are as parents now in this like new era of raising children. We have been over the past, you know, 20 years or so teaching ch- children in different ways how to have their emotions and it's it's incredibly important in our in our human development it absolutely is whether your child shows signs of being an empath or not do you see any of this in your daughter the intuitiveness or the empathicness oh yes, oh, <laughs> yes definitely 100 percent. she's she's uh, aware of everything and very very vocal we let her be very vocal about what she's seeing and that's what she awesome. picks up on and what she, she, yeah, she'll say, mom, that's not okay. And I'm like, Oh, you, you're absolutely right. Actually, <laughs> 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 Mommy made a mistake. <laughs> you know, it must be nice to be able to parent the way you wish you were parented. Right. Like that's yeah. how I feel when I see how I parent my daughter compared to how my parents parented me. Um, you know, it was a totally different time. It was, you know, I remember my mom had to have several knee surgeries and my, she'd be away in the hospital. And my dad would sit us down and say, when your mom gets back, you have to help her. And that's that. There was no like, oh, it must be scary. You know, it's the seventies. Like, you know, he didn't know to say, oh, it must be scary. That mom's gone again. And I know it's hard being six years old and having to take care of your mother. And, but there was none of that, but like with my daughter, oh, that must when she was, you know, that sounds scary. Or oh, I'm so, you know, like lots of active listening, lots of validation. Thank God. I mean, I just wish we could get everybody on board. But Wendy, you're amazing. Again, the book is Becoming an Empowered Empath: How to Clear Energy, Set Boundaries, and Embody Your Intuition. How do we learn more about you? More about your School of Intuitive Studies and all the other cool things you're doing. Absolutely. So I, uh, my website actually got two websites, schoolofintuitivestudies.com and wendydarosa.com. Both of those places, um, we're expanding the school in terms of offering more courses and programs from my graduates eventually here. Um, and, uh, a lot of information about my courses and offerings will be really in both places, school of intuitive studies and wendydarosa.com. Oh, terrific. Well, thank you so much for coming on Naturally Savvy. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Thank you. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. 
Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.